Hello, and welcome to Three Things. Three Things is a Vela Wood podcast where we ask entrepreneurs three questions about their experience and expertise. I'm Kevin Vela, and today I have with me Denise Bigueras. Hi, Denise. Hi, Kevin. It's a pleasure to be here, and I will be glad just to answer all the questions that you may have. Well, Denise is a special guest from YLI. YLI stands for the Young, young Leaders of the Americas Initiative. You. The Young <laughs> Leaders of the Americas Initiative. And this is something that VW has been involved with for five years. So Denise is actually the fourth entrepreneur or young leaders of the Americas that's come and visited one of our offices. Denise is from Mexico, and she has been spending a month with VW, mostly out of our Austin office, but she came up here for a couple of days. So Denise, how are you enjoying your time in Austin and in Dallas? Yeah, I am loving all of Texas. Like I have been around three weeks at Austin and I have tried almost every touristic attraction that you have back there. And yesterday I arrived here to Dallas and so far it has been amazing. Thank you for the invitation. So Denise, why don't you just tell everyone out there just for a few minutes about YLI and how you applied and what okay. the purpose is? For sure. So YLI is this Young Leaders of America's initiative, which is a fellowship in which almost every country of the whole Americas can participate. Previously, it was only for Latin America, but this year they expanded it so that also people from Canada can apply. And almost every business owner that has had a previous impact in their countries and surrounding their fields of action can be part of it. It's kind of a contest where you just go and present what is your business about and they will choose you between many other contestants if you can prove like the impact that you have had in the past and how being part of this Young Leaders of the Americas Initiative will help you in order to expand your business and make the economy flow once you are back in your country. Got it. Really cool. So as I mentioned, Denise is the fourth YLI participant that we've hosted. We had one from Santo Domingo, mm -hmm. uh, Dominican Republic. We mm -hmm. had a gentleman from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. And then last summer, we had Carlos from Quito, Ecuador. So we've really enjoyed having Denise up here. Now, Denise, you talked about you know, a lot of participants are business owners. Yeah. You're a business owner who happens to be a lawyer. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so my first question for our three things is, do you consider yourself a lawyer first or a business owner first? I see myself first as a business owner. Mm -hmm. And talk a little bit more about that. Why is that? I think a lot of lawyers identify themselves as a lawyer, right? But yeah. you identify as a business owner. So tell us a little bit about your business. How big it is it? What's your focus, your area of specialty? And you know, do you like running your business? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I love my business. I'll tell you a little bit about it. So back at home in Mexico, I have my own law firm, which is only specialized for the fashion, art, and technology industries. And I have the pleasure to work with all the creative industry. So I see myself more as an entrepreneur because I also own this other business, which is a company specialized in providing services for different companies in order to help them to evolve their businesses to Industry 4.0. So I have been working around the entrepreneurial system for around like 10 years. So you need to first be an entrepreneur 
and then expand your business. So tell me a little bit about your focus, mm-hmm. you know, the area of law that you focus in. I only work for the fashion, art, and technology industries. Most of my clients are creative people. In the fashion sector, I work around with designers, big companies, also with pop-up stores. Like all, I work around all kinds of collaborations. So I also cover this kind of piracy. So I try to protect legal matters for the fashion industry. And I also, from the art specialization, I work with writers, painters, all kinds of architects for protecting their designs. And yeah, I also work with this technology industry, which is mainly focusing on everything that has a button. You can plug it to the electricity And also, if it's related to internet, I will be covering all the legal matters for those entrepreneurs. So this is such a a cool specialty area or practice area. How did you get into this? Did you graduate right from law school and get into this area? Or did you have a different path to get there? Okay, it's kind of funny because first I graduated from my university. So after that, I made a master's degree. But since I was in the university, I was already giving some conferences surrounding legal matters for the creative industry. And most of my friends were part of the creative mm-hmm. industry. Some of them were painters, some of them were sculptors. So yeah, like most of them are were also in the fashion industry. So back in time, I had to kind of train myself in order to be a specialist for these industries because at that time, even now, you cannot go maybe and take a master's degree just for fashion law or maybe art law. So since 10 years ago, I have had to take almost every class and every course surrounding some specific areas that I need to cover in order to protect my clients. So when you graduated from law school, did you immediately just start representing people or did you work for a firm first? I worked while I was studying around notary system. And after that, I was working with a kind of administrative law. Mm -hmm. But after that, I launched my own businesses, first the business surrounding the technology industry, and after that I launched my own law firm. Yeah, so in the middle I had like so many clients that I was working with in order to help them with very specific matters surrounding the creative industry. We get a lot of clients here in the States who Mm -hmm. want to do business in Mexico, or even sometimes they want to organize a business in Mexico. So maybe They're either going to invest into a business in Mexico or they want to buy property in Mexico or they want to sell their services in Mexico. What considerations do U.S. companies need to have before doing business in Mexico? Okay, like, first of all, law is very different from the U.S., which is mostly common law. Mm -hmm. And it's a whole different system back at home at Mexico. So first, you need to know that things will be different You will be having some cultural differences also, but some of the services we provide is soft lending for businesses coming from other countries in order if they want to arrive to Mexico and be legally protected. 
So you need to first set all the legal matters from how you will make the constitution of your company back at home, like at Mexico. And you also need to have protected your brand and all the labor law that you will need to cover in order to contract people back in Mexico. So that's a good one about protecting your brand. So let's imagine that you're in the United States and you have a trademark. Just because you have a trademark in the United States, would that protect your brand in Mexico? No, like intellectual property stuff is only protecting you in the country that you have already registered it. So if you are protected in the United States and you have registered your brand there, that doesn't mean that you can use or be protected in other countries. So you need to register your own brand in each of the countries that you will be arriving. And you talked about how Mexico has a different system of laws, right? Yeah. So if you're going to enter into a contract as a U.S. company with a company in Mexico, and it's going to be governed by Mexican law, then you're going to have to have a Mexican attorney to yeah. assist you. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Like we as lawyers, we know that we cannot provide legal services in other countries only in the country that you have received your degree from. Got so it. that's why you need to hire an attorney back in the country that you are wanting to land your business. Got it. Okay. Well, my third question for you is, let's assume that you had a new client who was going to do something in the fashion industry, and they're going to do something like a services business. You know, a lot of times, like you, Denise, I think of myself as a business owner first, right? I'm a business owner who works for a professional services business. And then the professional services that we do is we provide you know, legal services. But I bet our business is pretty similar to an accounting business or a consulting business or IT installation, IT monitoring or kind of security business, anyone who does professional services. So let's just say you had a new client who came to you in Mexico and said, I want to start this business in the design industry. What advice would you have for that person? That would depend a lot on the field that they are into the fashion industry. For example, if they are designers, they might be launching different collections. So the first step would be just to get to know what they do and what are their legal necessities. For example, if it might be a designer, they might want to have their brand formally protected. So for that, in Mexico, we have... This institution, which is called INPI, which stands for Instituto Mexicano de la Propiedad Industrial. So that means industrial property Mexican institution in which you will be registering your brand. So that would be the first thing. But maybe this designer will be launching a collection each semester. So you need to protect not only the pieces, but also you will need to protect all the photo shoots that will be shared maybe in social media, or you will also have to work around the stores that they will be selling. Maybe they don't have their own store. Maybe they will be working with retail industries. So, yeah. What do you tell your clients? Let's just say you have a, a fashion designer client in mm -hmm. Mexico, and now they're going to start selling to the U.S., Yeah, right? Let's just say that they get a contract with a retail outlet here in the United States? What considerations would that client then have in selling its goods into the U.S.? Okay. First, I would recommend them having all their papers on point. So 
in order to go to a different country, first you need to be protected in your own country. So in those cases, we usually have partnerships in different countries. In this case, Velawood mm -hmm. is our first option because here they can arrive and be protected in the U.S. from a legal point. All right, Denise, really, really interesting and helpful. Well, before I wrap up, do you have any other things you want to say or you want to share with our audience? For sure. If you want to learn more about what I do, you can visit my website, which is fashionlaw.mx. So there you can You have, have a look. the domain name fashionlaw.mx? Yeah. That is fantastic. That's yeah. a great domain name. How long have you had that? Uh, maybe for around nine years. That's yeah. a really strong domain name. Yeah. So, okay, if you need help with Fashion Law in Mexico, check out Denise, fashionlaw.mx. And in closing, to learn more about the YLI program, it's a really cool program. I highly recommend you check it out. You can visit ylai.state.gov. You can find the show notes for this episode on our website, velawood.com forward slash podcasts, including links to Denise's website. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at velawood.com. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks, Denise. Thank you for the invitation okay. and hope you all have a good day. The Vela Wood podcasts are recorded with the help of Radio MD, based in Chicago, Illinois. You can find all of our podcasts on our website at velawood.com slash podcasts. For questions, comments, or suggestions, email us at podcasts at velawood.com.